All right, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Praise the Lord. We are going to have a really good time together tonight. Closing out 2022. All right. Amen. Uh, so praise God. It has been a wonderful year for HDWC. And I know we'll have lots of testimonies coming up here uh, in the next few days of all the things that God has done. And we know that 2023 is going to be the best year yet. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we've been doing this all year long. And we uh, we know that uh, we shall have whatsoever we say, according to Mark 11. So we're going to keep this thing up. Amen. Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Well, as we said, this is the last service of 2022, and what a year it has been, man. I'm just looking back at all the things that God has done, getting the church mortgage paid off, and, you know, amen, making it through all the construction. Uh, we've got new bathrooms, new children's stuff, and God has been so, so good to us and very, very faithful. And so we're working on a video. Hopefully we'll have Sunday to kind of look at a review view of the year and see some of the the things that God has done. And so it's going to be really cool. All right. Not a whole lot of announcements because we're coming down to the end of the year here. But uh, we do want to remind you that we still got the photo booth over here. If you want to take uh, some pictures with your family uh, before it's all over with, you can do that. Just use your own phone there and, uh, and, and have a good time with that. Also, the bookstore is still 20% off until the end of the month. And so you want to take advantage of that deal. Anything you can grab back there, 20% off. Amen. And it's uh, it really makes a, a great opportunity for you to take advantage of that. Um, this Sunday is New Year's Day. All right. And so uh, Christmas fell on a Sunday. New Year's Day is falling on a Sunday. And what better way to start your year off than in the house of God? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm guessing just from what you've told me, some of you maybe your previous New Year's days uh, were maybe started with spirits, but not the Holy Spirit, you know. And so, I mean, that's just just what some of you have had had told me before. So uh, I say this year, let's start it off with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to kick it off good. Yeah. And so we will have 10 a.m. service on Sunday, and we will have 6 p.m. service also. And uh, we want to make sure that our, our nighttime crowd uh, doesn't miss out on anything either. Uh, the new January devotions are available. Uh, the printed copy is back there on the info booth. And uh, if you use it online, it should be on the website by now or on the social media. I don't know. Is it on there? It's on there. All right. So anyway, praise God for that. And then I know, I know. 
uh, that one of your favorite things about the new year is your annual High Desert Word Center calendar. Am I right? Think that was the sweetest little hand clap I've ever heard in my life. That sounded like golf, like I was on the. So, amen. Uh, yeah, who's who's excited about your 23 calendar? Yeah. All right. So what had happened is this. Uh, <laughs> No, I ordered them. I promise you guys I did. And there was a little bit of a misprint on something. And so, anyway, we should have them for you on Sunday, though, to start off the new year. Amen. And the good news is, is uh, I was able to pick the Bible verse for every single month this time. So that's that's a bonus, right? And, of course, we've got our brand new verse of the year on there. And uh, it's going to be really, really great. Who would like to know what the verse of the year is for 2023? You know what? All right, I'm going to open it up here, Colossians 2.7, and then I need to get moving here so we can get through the service. But the verse of the year for 2023, it'll be on your calendar, and you're going to love it. But it is Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. And I love this verse in the NLT, and you're going to get to hear this verse a lot in the coming weeks and months. But Colossians 2.7, it says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Amen. And so our theme is going to be looking at getting your roots into the word of God and growing stronger in the word and stronger in the house of God. And so anyway, we'll be talking about that a lot in the coming weeks, but I really, really love that verse, and it is going to do great things for us. And then, of course, our verse for 22 was Joshua 24, 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? And so we will always be using that verse and sticking with it. Praise God. All right. Well, with all that being said, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. Yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one over to you. We're going to open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter three. Who's excited? Proverbs chapter three and verses nine and ten in the NLT here. Praise the Lord. And I just think this is a great verse, especially as we're winding down the year here. But Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. So you realize that you can honor God with your money and with your finances. And I would say that if you can honor him with it, it must be possible to dishonor him with it also, right? You could disrespect God with the way that you handle your finances and your money. But check it out. When we honor God with our wealth and with the best part of everything we produce, that would certainly mean that we're going to obey his word, right? We're going to tithe and we're going to give because Malachi 3 tells us that there are tithes and there are offerings. Those are two separate things that God... uh wants us to obey him in. And so if we're going to honor God with our wealth and the best part of everything we produce, we're going to be tithers. We're going to be givers. But check it out. 
Look at this next verse. Verse 10, it says, Then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. And what does that mean to us? That means that God will supply your needs. You will have abundance. You will have more than enough. Amen. And that's what God wants for us in this day and age. He wants his children to have everything they need and to have more than enough. And the way to get there is to honor God with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's stand up together and we are going to speak some words of faith over our giving this evening. And then we're going to get into praise and worship. We're going to have a really good message tonight. I've asked dad to help us close the year out tonight. He's going to be delivering the word and we're going to end it with communion at the end of the service. And that's a great way to kind of bury the old year and get ready for the new one. And so I'm really excited about that. Amen. All right. Let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Worship a king. Come, let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, he. You conquer the grave, you free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. Every cat. 
I will sing 
tribulation but be of good cheer you've overcome the world and we're in you and father we thank you we thank you for the word of god we thank you for the holy spirit to teach us the word and give us revelation and faith in the word to see what to do to live the overcoming life you have for us and lord not only to be a blessed not only to be blessed but to be a blessing lord to the people around us that are walking in darkness, don't know what to do. We just want to thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, as we say goodbye to 2022 and hello to 2023, that, Lord, is going to be the best year yet for the body of Christ. And, Lord, we just want to thank you. As long as we live, it's going to get better and better and brighter and brighter because we belong to you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Where where is Cindy Grove? In the middle. Cindy, you're hiding again. You started off that way when I come here and you're still doing it. Anyway, Cindy, it was interesting. 
How many know we're going to be going to Honduras in June? Most of you know we're planning a trip right now. You know, we were having a conversation right back there. As soon as you walked away, this precious lady right here was introduced to me. She's a pastor in Honduras. <laughs> heard, her, heard, her, heard, her, heard her husband, her pastor's there, and she's up here visiting with family, right? Amen. Welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I thought that was kind of cool. Amen, amen. So, uh, Sid, if you got your Spanish all, all polished up, you can talk to her. <laughs> amen. When, when I go to these other countries like that, I know what it, what, what, what she probably feels like because I recognize the, the tune of the songs we're saying, so I know what the words are in English. And then I sit there and always wonder, what are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? That I have to talk to somebody that speaks both languages to get it. So I know how it is, but we're, we're sure glad that your mother-in-law's here. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, uh, we're going to be doing what we always do our last service of a year going to another, but we're going to talk about how to get ready for the next year. And, uh, you know, we don't do it like the world does it. They got a whole different thing. They all like to do goofy things like make resolutions that they can't keep and they'll feel guilty by the time they blow it. But what we do, we listen to the Holy Spirit. And we speak the word of God over our coming year. And, you know, I like this. Uh, one thing I like to say about the word of God, that off of various verses, but, but God's word spoken in faith are spiritual containers of the power of God. And when we speak God's word in faith, we're sending the power of God to whatever it is we're talking about, whether it's our health, whether it's our family, our finance, and we, we release, we release the power of God through words. And that's why, that's why as Christians, we've got to be very cautious about the words we speak and make sure we're speaking in faith. So we're, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to show you some preparation for coming into the next year. But my title is How to Prepare Spiritually for the New Year. How to Prepare Spiritually for the New Year. And I want to open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And while you're going there, I, I want to tell you something about uh, our devotionals. How, how many know we do these devotionals every month? And you know, there are things that uh, out, of my, out of my bunches of years of being a pastor, being a Christian, I, just, I pray and see what he wants to put in these, put a lot of good things, get a, God, a lot of good reports back. But in talking about transitioning from 2022 to 2023, I was going through these today, and what I've got here for the end of December, the days we're in right now, are excellent to look at. Has anybody been reading the last few days for December? Amen, several of you. Well, these are really good things. they got some really good faith confessions coming in. But then the January one, Mr. Pastor's heading out tonight, January has some really good things. That That's kind of a part of what I'm talking about tonight, of verses from the Bible to use to speak faith over your coming year. And, you know, the way I look at it is like this. I, I was writing this down as worship, but I see it, see it pretty clear, is this. How many know that farmers plant seeds in the ground for the crop for the coming year? Amen. They, they plant seeds. And so I want to say this to you as we're looking at things. Now, get this picture in your mind. Jesus told us that our hearts are God's soil. And the Word of God is God's seed. And when God's seed is planted in good soil and the heart's taken care of 
and the seed is watered with prayer and with faith, then that's the harvest you get, whatever it is. Farmers want corn, they plant corn. They want soybeans, they plant soybeans. Uh, they want lettuce, they plant lettuce. Whatever it is, they want what they plant. And so we, coming into the new year, what we want is what we've got to plant. And so the farmer, it doesn't make any difference. If he had a bumper crop last year, if he had an overflowing crop last year, he can't live, he can't live off of last year's harvest coming into the new year. He's got to plant fresh seed in the springtime for the harvest he wants this year. Amen. That doesn't make any difference if he had a really, really horrible year. If all kinds of bad things happened or the crops didn't come up, they lost them, it wasn't good, they can't stand around and whine about last year how bad it was, they got to go out again. they got to dig the dirt up again, they got to fertilize again. If they're Christians, they got to pray again over their fields. That always works. But they got to plant new seeds, what I'm saying. And so, as we're talking about what we're talking about, I get this picture. It doesn't make any difference if 2022 is the best year you've had so far, which I believe it was. You can't live off of 2022's harvest now. You got you got to go ahead and plant new seeds for 2023. You got to plant again. And if this was the absolute most horrible year you've ever had in your life, though, man, I'd never want a thing like that again. Don't stand around whining. Plant some more seed. Get some more faith working, man. Get things working again. Farmers, you know, we, we were talking the other day, uh, Jason, Jason, one of our sons, he's a farmer, got another son that's a farmer, and we were talking about how hard it was that uh, back, back, in, back in the last century, old farmers and people like that, they died of old age at 50 years old. 60 years old was a senior, senior, senior citizen, but I thought about it. They had to chop their wood in the wintertime if they lived in cold places. If they didn't cut wood, be ready for the cold, and then bring that wood in every day. Had to take the ashes out and bring the woods in every day. They froze to death. If they didn't, if they didn't put, put their harvest up, Canada or whatever they did, put it in the little storage places like that, they starved to death. And so whether they, whether they were sick or well, or whatever shape they were in, they had to go out every day. Somebody had to milk the cow. Somebody had to feed the pigs. Somebody had to go out and keep the rabbits out of the fields. Somebody had to do those things. No wonder those people died so young like they died. But the thing is, we as Christians, if you get lazy, the locust is going to eat your crop. If you if you get lazy, you're not going to have what it takes to make it right, especially the times we live in. You know, right now, there's no guarantees in the natural realm about our life. I was thinking about Ukraine. I've been to Kiev, and I know the places I was at in Kiev, Ukraine, are blown up now. And I was thinking about my house. I said, look at my house. I thought, what would happen if war came to America and they bombed our Walmart store? If Walmart was bombed, the gas stations were taken out, how many of us could make it? Well, I know I would because my faith is in Jesus at his word. It would be tough, but I know I could. And Christians have got to always be ready because we're living in such uncertain times. We better take these things seriously. Amen. So Ecclesiastics... Chapter 3, and we're talking about how to prepare spiritually for the new year. It says this, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. And I'm going to focus on this last part. A time to plant 
and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up. And so I think that we, we as believers understand there's a spiritual realm and there's a natural or physical realm that we're all more familiar with, most of us. We're more familiar with this, with this physical realm. But we got to understand the spiritual realm is more sure. The Bible tells us several places that one of these days he's going to destroy this earth we live on with fire and make a new one. And then he says he's going to bring heaven down to earth. And so we'll do everything we can to take care of it, but God's going to take care of it his way pretty soon anyway. And so the main thing is the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm, it's more real. It'll never change. It's always been there. It was there before this earth was here. It'll be there when this was gone, but he makes a new one. The spiritual world is always there. And so the physical world we see and feel and navigate in with our physical body and our five senses is a reflection of the spiritual realm that is more real. That's where our spirit lives and is in contact with God. We pick up on spiritual things and get direction from heaven for our future in the spiritual realm. I want to say that again. We pick up on spiritual things in the spiritual realm. We get direction for the future. And that's why we're talking about how to hear from heaven for 2023 what kind of crop God wants us to plant with the words out of our mouth. Instead of making all kinds of natural goals, mental goals, we're not mental beings, we're spiritual beings. We do have a mind, but we're not mind, we're spirit. And our spirit's supposed to control our mind. Our mind is supposed to be renewed by the word of God to think like God thinks. And our spirit is supposed to hear from God to give direction to our mind and tell our mind what to do. And you know, I've seen so many people. Oh, there's so many examples I can give. I can't hit bunny trails too much. Got too much to do. I was, I was talking to Captain Member. We've got eight kids and got 24 grandkids, so sometimes stories run together. But I remember I was talking, talking to... to to one of them somewhere the other day, and we was talking about their kids. And I said, you know, the biggest mistake that Christians make is acting like the world. They think everybody's got to go to college. Everybody's got to go to college. Well, you need to go to college if God wants you to. Amen. College is good if that's God's perfect will. But don't you know there's a whole lot of people that are very successful in the kingdom of God and in life that ever went to college? I saw a little story about President Truman the other day. Said, said, said President Harry Truman barely made it through high school because the President of the United States. And the elites didn't like him. Didn't make any difference. He's a down-to-earth man that did the presidency just, just fine. He inherited the presidency right at the end of World War II when things were really bad. He closed it out. He took care of business and people didn't like him because he didn't go to college. But you know what? We as Christians have to recognize as parents, we have to be able to hear from God about what the, his plan is for our children. And I know that for me, this is a bunny trail. I guess somebody must need it. I know that Mrs. Pastor and I learned early in life that our number one calling was to train up godly children. And that if our children were trained up right, if God, I had about, well, I got about three or four or five of them went to college. I don't know now. Uh, several of them went to college. And some didn't, but the whole thing is, the plan of God for their lives is no more real than the plan of God for the ones that are just good high school graduates and did things that way. But it's finding out what God's plan is. 
is what I'm saying. We've got to know what God's plan is. And that's what we're talking about transitioning in, into the next year. As notice he says then, in verse 2, there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And so just as there are four seasons, now get this, this is really important what we're going to be talking about. And by the way, uh, I told Mrs. Pastor she wasn't nobody's coming to church. She said, what are you teaching all night? I said something I've never taught before. I said, I thought I was going to do this way. I've always done it. This afternoon, he just totally gave me a whole different one. And I said, I'll, I'll be here for the first time just like you. But it makes total biblical sense when you hear it. How many know the Holy Ghost knows what it is people need to hear? He knows what it is who the ones are there listening and the ones online that are watching. He knows the ones that can get it. And so it says there's a time to plant and time to pluck up that which planted. That timing, has everybody ever heard the words, well, it's got to be God's timing. Got to be God's timing. Well, that's what Ecclesiastics said. There's a time for everything. And so just as there are four seasons in every year. Now listen to this. I wrote this down from the Holy Ghost. Farmers have been trained to go with the flow. There's four seasons. You don't go out and plow up in the middle of December and think you'll get a crop. You can't go out in the fall and start planting. There's a time to plant. And so farmers cultivate the soil and plant in the spring. And then they watch the crops grow in the summer. And then they harvest in the fall. And then the winter, and I watched this, I watched this for 54 years back in Indiana before I ever came out to California. Then they turn the soil under and they let it rest in the winter. The ground recoups in the wintertime. Things take place in the dirt in the wintertime. There's a resting time. It's not always planting time. And then, uh, then, then they start the process all over in the new year. In the new year, they get out there and they start turning it up again, getting ready for planting. And so, uh, in the, in the spiritual realm, now listen to this, God has those seasons of the spiritual realm. God gives us a grace, and I'm going to talk about the grace. He gives, He gives believers a grace at the end of the year to come to the next year to get the process started for the coming year about how the year is going to be. There's a grace for that. Just like farmers, the grace farmers have is man, they, 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 they get stoked. They get excited when they see the snow melting and they see the fields starting to get ready for planting. They get excited and they get, they get a supercharge and they're ready to go plant and get some things done. And then I've watched them out there with modern tractors now. I've, I've, I've well, matter of fact, I've, I've seen the Amish out there with their, with their big mules planting and they, they do it a little different. But then I know my boys, Use the big tractors with the big with the big cultivators. They're about as wide as this church. Some of they look like as big as they are. But when they're out there harvesting with their combines in the fall time, you got to harvest before it gets too ripe and rots in the field. And so they got big headlights. They got big spotlights on those things. They get out there. They'll work for days and days and days and days. And if something breaks down, they work all night to get it fixed up so they can hit it again the next day and they get it done. And there's a grace for that. And I want to tell you, there's a grace for praying and seeking God for the coming year like you not have any other time of the year. Amen. There's a grace for that. We're talking about how to train for the new year. And so uh, I'm going to look at some things in the Word of God about how to tap into that grace. I want you, I want you to look at 1 Peter 4.10. 1 
First Peter four ten. And, and I want you to see something here. How many want to learn a little bit? How many want to learn a lot? Hey man, we want to grow. We want to learn. Okay. First Peter four ten. Back back in the year two thousand, the Lord spent about. Oh boy, at least two or three months, man, taught me on nothing but grace and grace and grace and grace. And, uh, he brought a little bit of that back today as I was looking at this here. First Peter 4.10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace. The manifold grace of God. Manifold, many faceted, many different kinds. Many different kinds of grace, the manifold grace of God. And so as, as I was looked at this a while ago, I, I just wrote this down just, just out of my heart real quick. The different kinds of, just a few of the kinds of grace the Bible teaches. There's saving grace. For by grace you're saved through faith. That not of yourselves. There's giving grace. First Corinthians chapter 8 talks about they had the grace to give. And Romans chapter 12 says, it says there's grace some people have to be huge givers. Everybody tithes. That's a Christian. They should. Everybody give offerings. But somebody have a. Some people have a grace to make money, to support the gospel. Some people have a grace that when ministries have a great need, they say, "Oh, I, I, I give a hundred thousand. I'll help with that." That's a grace. That's not just something anybody can do. It's a grace. And then there's then there's ministering grace. There's a grace called divine enablement that Ephesians four seven talks about that I'm walking in right now. As I teach the Word of God, this is a grace of God called divine enablement that enables me to do what I'm doing. You know, the, the difference between a politician and a preacher called of God, they both talk a lot. Except a preacher is not blowing hot air. A preacher is anointed with grace to change people's lives for good. Amen. And then there's serving grace. You know, I, I look at the different ones of you that do different things in the church. We have so many people in the church that do things in this church, you've got a grace to do that. I was teasing uh, Robert the other night. Robert back there in the back row. I was talking to Robert. We was talking about something the other day. I said, well, Robert, you want to, you want to, you want to preach tonight? He said, I, I want to do that. Said, I, I, I know. He said something like, he said, I know my grace. I know where I'm supposed to be at. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to ask you either because I know my grace. And so we're talking about different graces, and that's God giving us abilities to do things. Not, not just everybody can do what somebody else does. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's grace for seasonal change. And then there's, there's a, the repenting grace. And you know, the Bible talks in the New Testament about, about grant them a spirit of repentance, the grace to turn and, and get things right. Sanctifying grace. There's a grace to help clean you up and let loose the wrong things and get right with God. And helping grace, praying grace. And most of the things we can do, uh, by faith a lot of times, but when God's grace is upon us, it makes things go a whole lot easier. Now I want to give you a definition that I really like from the American Heritage Dictionary for what we're talking about. It says, what definition does grace have is seemingly effortless beauty of movement. Effortless. Seemingly effortless beauty of movement. And that's what we're talking about. About transitioning with the help of God, His way, to be able to leave behind 2022 
Whether it was good, whether it was bad, you can't, you can't camp out. Even if it was great, you can't camp out there. You know what? You become a religious goofball. You say, oh, I remember the good old days. Oh, I remember the revival. Oh, oh, you remember when God moved to our church 42 years ago? Oh, wasn't that wonderful? You can't live there. You'll dry up and help nobody. we got to be able to recognize last year, if you're in business, if last year was very profitable and a great year, well, if you don't do what you need to do for this new year, you may not be profitable this year. you got to be willing to go with the flow and know how to change things. And when the grace of God's on you, people you say, "Man, you made that look easy." Well, you try to you try you try you try to plant that crop in the middle of November, and it won't look so easy. You go try to pray on your own with that grace for we all we pray all the time, but when that grace is on you to pray, it God just makes it so easy. About all you have to do is find a quiet place. And just begin to talk to him. Your Bible opens. You think, man, that was easy. That was really good. You know why? Because it's the season. To everything, there's a season. There's a season for prayer and seeking God. And during that season, if you blow it, you can't help it. With all the fellow farmers out there, man, come July. In Indiana, there's a saying about corn. It's got to be knee high by the 4th of July. Everybody goes knee high by the 4th of July. So I know we always, I just, you know, I wasn't a farmer. That's something I heard since I was a kid because there's farmers everywhere. So I know I've kind of got an inside radar when we visit the Midwest. I look at the corn and think, wow, look at that. that that's almost up the shoulder. That's really going good. Then you look at some of them six inches tall and think, man, they've got problems. Amen. Well, God wants you to be knee high by the 4th of July. But if you won't, if you don't plant now. Amen. And so different kinds of grace. And so I, I really like that definition. So this is the time of year that God's ordained to be a preparation time. To be a preparation time spiritually to set up your new year in the spiritual realm. Uh, and God has that grace now. And I want this to get into you that there's, there's some things that would probably be advisable that are time stealers to lay down for the next two or three weeks or whatever and be able to jump into this thing while, while, while the, get it while the getting's good. And there's, there's something I like to say, the Lord spoke to me years ago, is this, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And I'll, I'll just give you an example. Uh, I'm thinking about people looking for jobs. If I were a Christian looking for a job, I wouldn't just walk in there half backslidden. I'd be prayed up before I got there. I'd be, I'd be spending time in the Word of God. I'd be listening to Him, number one, to make sure this is the job He wants me to have. Amen. I'd be praying to make sure it's the job He wants me to have. And then number two, I'd be up on my tithes. I'd say, Lord, I want to thank you for favor. The windows of heaven are open on me. I want to thank you for rebuke the devour for my family, Lord. We're a tithing family. And then number three, I'd be claiming the favor of God. I'd say, Lord, I ask you for favor. I ask you for favor. You know, I, I've told so many people back when different times of job things going on in this area out here, sometimes the job market's been good here, sometimes it's not been good. And I'll, I'll hear something like, well, Pastor, you know, out there at the, at the fort, they've already got a thousand people put in for that job. And I said, well, I don't know about those thousand people. I don't know about you. 
I know, I know that you're a tither. You're a person of faith. You serve God. You walk in love. And et cetera, et cetera. And I say, if God has to, he'll put 999 people in the back of the line, put you in number one spot. Amen. And so the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so there's things that I would do for things I face in life, especially if I'm going into a crisis situation with, with some, some really legal situation, I would just go in by myself. I would prepare spiritually first. See what I'm saying? I don't want to go into 2023 without spiritual preparation because the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad, good or bad. And, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the farmers again because some of the things I saw happen back in Indiana. You can't whine if the field on this side of you is a bumper crop and the field over here is a bumper crop and yours is doing nothing because you played goofy games on your iPhone during planting time. Amen. Or you spent your seed money on frivolous things when you got the harvest in last year. You went and bought a brand new Cadillac or something like that, or great, great big, great big goofmobile, or whatever it was, just to impress people, and you spent your harvest money when you should have had it for seed money. Amen. You know, I, I, I got delivered years ago about having to impress people about where I lived or what I drove. You know what I live, where I live, what I drive is according to where my faith is, where my money is, because the borrower is servant to the lender. And I found out a long time ago, I had a car repossessed. I found out a long time ago, I can't tell them it's my car. I got to tell them this car belongs to the bank and they'll let me drive it until I get it paid off. I'll tell you one of the most saddest things you could ever hear is at nighttime at nine o'clock, you get a knock on your door and a guy puts a piece of paper in your hand. It says, sir, we'll let you know we're going to take that car. Do you have the keys to it? And you hear that clink, clink, clink as those chains hit the ground and the dragged up, take it away. And so I learned a long time ago, I don't have to impress people what I drive or where I live. I'm going to live by faith and pay for what I got. Amen. Man, I'm hitting all kinds of stuff tonight, aren't I? And so prepare for harvest by what you plant. And then when harvest comes in, don't blow it. Always save some seed. Amen. Glory to God. And so anyway, you must be like a farmer and know when to prepare the soil of your heart and plant for the new year. And I want to say this again. This definition of grace I like. Seemingly effortless beauty of movement. It's so easy in this season right now. And it's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. God has your heart softened up because it's his soil. He wants his seed in his soil, in your heart, to come out of your mouth so it can come to pass. Remember Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, we'll have whatsoever we say. Amen. Well, if we're going to have whatsoever we say, we've got to know what God wants us to say so we have what we say. And so anyway, we'll look at some real simple things here about how to prepare spiritually for the new year. Number one, look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And, you know, I hope some of you taking notes, it'll help you. But a lot of this stuff, what I'm saying, will be in those devotionals too. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Brethren, 
I count not myself to have apprehended or to got to get a hold of, but this one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth in those things which are before. Reaching forth. Reaching forth with words of faith. Reaching forth with the heart of faith. And you know, I was thinking about so different verses, you know, some people, uh, if they don't keep their eyes on Jesus, but keep their eyes on the Word, they talk about how impossible it is. Oh, that's just, that, that's just not possible. Well, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth. Luke 1, 37 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So when God puts impossible dreams in your heart for this year, whatever it is, it's all possible with God. When God gives you a dream, then you reach for it. You reach for it with your words. You thank him for it. You praise him for it. You talk about it all the time. You know, Abraham, the Bible says, the father of our faith. Well, Abraham's name was Abram. And when he was 99 years old, God said, I'm going to change your name now. Now your name's Abraham. That means father of many nations. So you got this old 99-year-old guy walking around with 90-year-old Sarah and he says, guess what? We're going to have a baby. Who are you? Well, I'm father of many nations. Father of many nations? You don't even have any. You're father of many nations? He started speaking the dream. You need to speak the dream about your family. Amen. A bunch of little heathen rug rats, man. They blah, 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 blah. No, nah, you talk about your family. You talk about your family. God said that children are a blessing from heaven. That's so no matter what it looks like. You start saying, my children are a blessing from heaven. God's ordained marriage. You start talking good about your mate. Amen. Whatever it is, your finances. God said, for tithers, the witness have her open. The blessing of God's on your life. He rebukes the devourer. You start saying good things about your monies. Amen. Your health. The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. In God's eyes, we were healed. Start speaking healing. Amen. Yeah, I'll give you a verse. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, There's one that speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. I'll tell you what, I live by that one because my mouth gets so tempted sometimes as I get older to whine about some different things. And so every time that happens, I said, no, the tongue of the wise promotes health. I thank you, Lord. I was healed, so I am, and I'm staying healed. Yes. Amen. And so what we're talking about, we're talking about your words speaking out right things. And so anyway, uh, for this first point I want to say about how to prepare yourself spiritually, he says he forgets those things behind him. I call that bury your past. Bury your past. <laughs> now if there's wrong things, bad things you don't like about the year, 1 John 1, 9 is good for weed control. Talking about farmers, 1 John 1, 9 says you confess your sins. He's faithful just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so as you're preparing and you're bearing your past, be like the farmer. Now listen, the Lord can't give you things today in terms of farming. Turn the soil over and bury that. Bury the sin under the blood of Jesus. Bury the failures. Bury the whining. Have you made bad mistakes with relationships? 
Do what you can you're in to make things right. Bury the past. And uh, turn the soil over the winter time. And then you'll be able to ready for plant. You'll be ready to do some planting then. So you'll have a harvest in the fall time. You can plant new seeds after you turn the soil. If you don't turn the soil and you're holding on to the past, you're holding on, you're holding on to the condemnation, you're holding on to the bad things in your thought life and you just keep dwelling on them, you're not turning the soil over. So it's very, very doubtful you could be able to plant your seed where it'll grow right. Amen? James chapter 4 verse 8. This is the second thing. Is this helping anybody? Are you seeing something here? James 4 verse 8. And this is, this is, this is really, really good. I really like this. James 4 verse 8. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know what the double-minded is, don't you? One day you're up, one day you're down. One day you're talking blessed, one day you say, man, everything's just wrong. No, you gotta stay single-minded and talk right. But anyway, uh, it says draw nigh to God. That's the second thing. First thing, you bury the past, then you draw nigh to God. And listen to this. Talk about this grace right now. Just like the soil temperature, see, there's a reason to plant in the springtime. Just like the soil temperature and the weather conditions are best in the spring for planting, the Holy Spirit gives us His grace and transitions time from old to new year for spiritually planting. And so it's so easy, it is so easy at the end of December and coming into the New Year's to draw an eye to God. There's a special grace there that's got that soil just right for hearing from heaven. And, you know, I'm just thinking about this. People that live in the mental realm will never get what I'm saying. But if you're a spiritual person that reads your Bible and prays, and you see in the Word of God what we're talking about, then you know that God's the one that chose the seasons. He said there's everything, there's a season for everything. And so there's a season, there's a season where it's much easier to draw nigh to God. And this is that season right now where you hook up with him. And when you hook up with him, you find, you find a quiet place where you can pray with your Bible. And it's really important to have a journal. You need to write down, you need to write down verses that he shows you. You need to write down things that he speaks to your heart. As you do those things, and then as you're coming into the springtime of the year more and more, you water those things with prayer. You speak words of faith over those things. You thank you for those things coming to pass. And you know, he may put it in your heart that he wants you debt-free this year. He may put it in your heart that he wants you this year to come out of debt. And somebody said, oh, Pastor, you don't know the mistakes I've made. What's the blood of Jesus for? Are you going to bury the mistakes and quit making the mistakes? Quit doing them? I think about Josh. Josh, how much debt did you guys have? When you got serious about that? 27? And how many months did it take you? 14 months? In 14 months. Was you working at Wendy's then? Okay, so he wasn't making super income. He was working at Wendy's, 
And I think Julie had some kind of a job that wasn't a great, great big profitable job either. And when they decided with the help of God to get out of debt, $27,000 in 14 months working at Wendy's, and someplace else they got out of debt. You know why? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And so this is encouragement to you watching out there and the ones in here. If you've got yourself in a mess and it looks impossible, well, you keep on looking at through your eyes, and guess what? It will be impossible. You start looking through the eyes of God's Word, through the eyes of faith. And if God puts it in your heart this year that you're going to get debt-free, you start speaking. If you can't do anything else, so I'm saying in the name of Jesus, this year I'm going to be debt-free. And can I give you a clue? Don't steal God's tithe. You'll never get debt-free. Take care of God's tithe first. And then however else he shows you to handle your money, you follow his plan, what he shows you to do. And so James Ward says, you draw nigh to him and draw nigh to you. And then because of time, I just want you to write this verse down. Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3. He says, call unto me. He says, call unto me and I will answer. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, he doesn't have a call blocker on his. Amen. He got caller ID. He knows who you are. And doesn't make any difference how you treat him. When you call, he'll answer. He'll answer. He said, then I'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. I'll show you great and mighty things. And that's when you draw nigh to God. And that's part prepared. And write this down. This this passage here. Then we're going to be taking communion in just a minute. Habakkuk. That's an Old Testament prophet. And that's H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. That's Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And I wrote, I wrote this down about that, just paraphrased in a nutshell, what that tells you. And this is, a, this is a, one of the devotions I've got out there too. And this helps you, this helps you when you draw nigh to God about the year. He tells us in Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 4, to get along with God, with Bible and journal, and write down what the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, and then use our faith to speak it out so we can walk it out. Write down what He speaks to your heart so you can speak it out and then walk it out. And you walk it out by faith. And so anyway, that's, that's just some of the simple things that I can tell you to do to close out the year and start the new one. And I, I want to emphasize, if 2022 really wasn't a good year, I know farmers that lost everything and then replanted and had great years. And so no matter what happened in 2022, bury it, bury it, bury it, dig it under, till it under, put it under, fertilize that ground with prayer, with faith, plant seeds, plant new seeds, plant new seeds, and you watch what happens in 2023. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. You clap. You clap. And the number three thing is Holy Communion. Holy Communion is such a special time. It's time together we can begin the process. Tonight, as we take communion... This is the beginning of the process of preparing your soil. Get the soil ready. Because there's a special grace on communion for things too. And so as, as we take communion together, 
with honest hearts with Jesus, he'll cause our hearts, something to take place tonight, to be ready to draw nigh to him for the few days we've got of this year, starting our new year. Amen? Well, let's stand up. And remember, as we take communion for 2023 seed, hybrid seed, the best seed, the Word of God. Amen. Well, you can begin to come up here and get the elements. Thank you. What a wonderful night to be in church together. Amen. And you know, that, that that's, that's, that's one good way to close out one year is to be in God's house. And then Sunday morning, New Year's Day, the first day to be back in God's house again. What a, you're setting the tone for the year. Thank you. That boy got a servant's heart. I, I, I feel tonight we need to come up to the altar because that's a place of sacrifice. That's a place of dedication. So everybody, everybody that can, come up here and just kind of gather around, find your place to stand. What a way to prepare your hearts at the altar of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we just worship you. And we want to thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to thank you for your word that's alive. It speaks to us and helps us. And Lord, as I read your word concerning communion, you said this is the time to let a person examine themselves before they eat the bread or drink the cup. And you said that when we have our hearts right with you, that then we're doing this in a worthy manner. And you said, Lord, that we do this, we'll be healthy because if we don't handle communion right, you said for this cause, many are weak and sickly, many die before the times. You said it's a time to judge ourselves <coughs> so we wouldn't have to be judged. So Lord, as we're up here today and the ones out here watching us online, Lord, that are doing whatever they do to consecrate themselves now, I want to thank you for your word that has not returned void that we looked at tonight. I want to thank you for showing us what to do as we close this out and start the new. And Lord, any direction, any correction that any of us need, 
We thank you for that, Lord. So we start 2023 off in faith and see all your good plan come to pass, Lord. We're just going to be quiet for a little bit and listen to you, Jesus. Talk to our hearts. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for the special time communion is for us. Lord, I know that the first first communion was when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Lord, where they prepared the lamb. And when judgment come across Egypt, because of the Passover, Lord, you passed over the ones covered by the blood, and the ones that didn't prepare themselves, Lord, they were judged and it wasn't good. So, Father, I just want to thank you that in the times we live in, that's called communion now, and then you told us even in heaven, we're going to still do this more with you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to enjoy the same thing. And so, Lord, now we in faith receive the blessing of communion, Lord, for cleansing of our souls, cleansing of our hearts, Lord, healing for our bodies, and a clean slate, a clean slate, Lord. At this Holy Communion time, we're closing the doors on 2022 with a clean slate, Lord, with the soul of our hearts prepared for new seed for 2023. And so your word says, when Jesus had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And Lord, as born-again Christians, who don't just play church, but we know we are the church, and you're the head of our lives because you're the head of the church, because this is real to us, Lord, we know that 2,000 years ago, there really was a cross. There really was a place called Calvary. You really did hang on that cross and die 
for our sins and took our judgment. So, Lord, we know that we say we do this remember to you. We remember that really happened. It's not just some kind of a fable. It really happened. And thank you, Lord, you took all that for us. And then you said, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. Do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And Lord, we know as born-again Christians that this is just juice. It's not blood, but this represents your blood. And we know that your word says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We know, Lord, that you wiped out our sins at the new birth. And then First John, it says, your blood cleanses us, cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness when we confess it. And Lord, we've confessed it. We come to you and we have a clean slate because you really did. You really did wipe out those sins with your blood, Lord. So we're just going to thank you and praise you that all of our hearts are ready for you to speak to us in this season we're in. And Lord, we're going to see things and know things by the Spirit and from your word. And Lord, we're going to write them down. We're going to speak them out. And we're going to see miracles We're going to see impossible things take place in our lives for us and through us to be a blessing to the people all around us, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Josh, we're going to sing our blood song. I got a word for somebody. I want to close out. We got a word for somebody, and the devil's the devil's hitting your mind, and you're helping him. He's hitting you with these thoughts that this works for everybody else, but not for me. I was I just I really blew it. I should have done it. I really blew it. I just I really blew it. No, 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 no. You're not a special case. You're a child of God. The blood of Jesus works for you just like anybody else, and uh, forgiveness. Lord told me this years ago, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a Bible fact. God said, if you confess the sin, he's faithful to forgive it. Don't wait for a feeling. Let's say it one more time. Whoever that's speaking to, you don't have to feel forgiven. 
Because he says he does forgive. So you are forgiven. So don't let the devil beat your brains out anymore. <clears throat> Every time that thought comes, you say, No, Satan, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, get behind me. I'm a forgiven child of God, a voice by the blood of Jesus. He loves me. And that's just the way it is. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Well, let's see. We are going to make our Barstow Faith Confession. And before we do, uh, I want to remind you about Sunday. We will be here bright and early Sunday morning to start the new year right with Jesus in His house. And we will be here Sunday night. We're having Sunday night service. We'll be here. Let's just take the, let's just take off running into this new year. Let's charge it right ahead. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's make this Barstow Faith Confession. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.